So we got a question in our deep game forum earlier this morning uh, from a player who wants to know about performing under pressure or what most people would call uh, becoming clutch, okay? And the question goes like this, what is one thing to do when there's a lot of pressure in the situation? Could be a tied game with four seconds left or it could be anything besides basketball, outside of basketball. Is there anything to do in the moment to calm down? I already know body breathing is one thing to do, but could there be something else? Now, uh, as an aside, if you don't know what body breathing is, we have spoken about it in a number of these talks, but we also speak about it in the Deep Game Masterclass. If you go to deepgame.com after this talk, you can take that class and learn that technique. But the, the player asked something very specific. He said, is there one thing, one thing? And when I really boil it down, as the question came through, I thought about it and it occurred to me like, yeah, there is one thing above anything else that you, you can do actually to become more quote unquote clutch. And um, this is, uh, I, I hesitate to call it a technique, but it's an approach or a um, frame of mind that Kobe Bryant has spoken about, Damian Lillard has spoken about, uh, pretty much all of the most clutch players in NBA history have spoken about. And so I'll offer it to you here. And this goes, um, it applies not only on the basketball court, it's very effective on the basketball court, but it applies everywhere. So this is a really, really useful approach. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll share a, a quick Damian Lillard story. Damian Lillard, by the way, in my opinion, is the most clutch player in the NBA today. He's probably the player that practices the deep game um, at the highest level in the NBA today. Again, just my opinion. But uh, Dame, <laughs> in a recent interview, was talking about or, or was asked by the interviewer, um, what is your approach to game winners? Like, why, why are you so quote unquote clutch? And uh, Dame shared this story. So he said, in his first um, really high pressure situation, you know, a few seconds left on the clock, there's a timeout, Blazers ball, they're down by one or two or whatever the case might have been. And the coach is drawing up the play. Uh, <laughs> moment stops and, and, and Damian Lillard just says to everybody, give me the ball, give me the ball, I want the ball. So the coach like uh, <laughs> basically says, okay, like we'll give you the ball, draws up the play for him to get the ball. Uh, they walk out of the timeout. Ball gets inbounded to Dame, takes the shot, misses, okay? First game winner situation as an NBA player. He misses the shot, buzzer goes off, they lose the game. A little while later, exact same situation happens. They uh, are in a timeout, they have the ball, um, and Dame once again says to the entire team, give me the ball, I want the ball. And they look at him like, okay, <laughs> like you want to try this again? Go ahead. Uh, so they drop the play for him to get the ball. Inbounds pass comes into Dame, takes the shot at the buzzer, misses once again. They lose the game. So his first two game-winning attempts, he missed as an NBA player. A little while later, same season, rookie year, uh, <laughs> exact same situation. Timeout on the floor, a few seconds left, Blazers ball. Uh, once again, he looks at the coach, looks at the team. He says, give me the ball. I want the ball. <laughs> coach is looking at him like one of his teammates actually apparently said like, man, you are crazy. You are crazy. And uh, once again, they decided to give him the ball. Finally, they inbound the ball to him at the buzzer, takes the shot, makes it Blazers win. So it took uh, several attempts at a game winner in these high pressure situations, again, as a rookie in the NBA. So like he would have been feeling the pressure more so than probably any other year as a brand new player. And yet he was saying, just give me the ball, give me the ball. I don't care if I missed last time, give me the ball, I want it. And uh, he has gone on to be become, I would say the most clutch player in the NBA today.
So <laughs> take home point is that uh, Dame in these situations essentially didn't care whether he made it or missed it. Of course, he wanted to make the shot, but he didn't care if he missed it, okay? He was basically, as he said, he was okay with the consequences. If I miss the shot and we lose, I can live with that. And this is the exact same approach that Kobe took, actually he spoke about it in an interview, and he said, you just really come to terms with the uh, what is realistically the worst case scenario, which is that you miss the shot and your team loses. Um, is that something that I can deal with? In all cases, for all players, I would venture to say, yes, you can deal with that. You are strong enough that if you miss the shot at the buzzer, um, you know, the uh, circumstance that this player was asking about specifically was four seconds left, game on the line. Uh, what can you do to feel more calm in that situation? And I would say that it's actually done before you ever find yourself in that situation. Coming to terms with the consequences of failing at what you're afraid to fail at is actually the, to me, like the deepest secret to no longer being afraid of failing at it. <laughs> and uh, there's old like Taoist stories of samurais who would actually meditate on their own death before going into battle. And this is an extreme example of this, but they would meditate on their own death and come to terms with like, I may die today and meditate it meditate on this fact until they were no longer afraid of their own death and they were at peace with the fact that they may die. Now, you're not going to die <laughs> if you miss a game winner. The worst case scenario is that you miss, you know, maybe your teammates, um, Truth is, like most likely, unless your teammates are just uh, not very nice people, they're not going to be upset with you. You know, they're going to look at you and probably feel maybe a little bit sorry for you that you have to deal with having missed the shot. Um, the fans might be a little bit disappointed, but <laughs> case like the, the truth is, if you miss the game winner, you're going to live. <laughs> Worst case scenario, you miss it, you're disappointed, you're embarrassed, you're in the locker room after the game, you're feeling a little bit down, you go home, you're still feeling a little bit down. And then most likely you'll feel this surge of motivation come up that you're not going to let that happen again. You're going to train a little bit harder. You're going to go into practice the following day. Everybody will have, for the most part, come to terms with it and life will go on. And uh, right before this talk, I actually looked up as a little piece of research Kobe Bryant's uh, game-winning shot percentage. And so I looked this up and I was surprised to find that uh, between 2003 to 2009, so this is uh, basically Kobe's prime in his career, his game-winning shot percentage was 25%. I think it was actually 24.5 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So it was about a quarter of the game-winning attempts that he took, he made. A quarter. Now, most people would consider Kobe to be one of the most clutch players in the NBA, and yet one out of four game winners that he took went in. This is a guy who is obviously <laughs> not afraid to shoot the ball and, uh, at, the, at the buzzer, and uh, more specifically, he was not afraid of the consequences that may arise as a result of missing those shots. And we see this in Dame as well, like he's just okay with the consequences of missing those shots. And so uh, more often than not, I don't know what Damian Lillard's percentage is, but um, he, con he continues to take these shots at the buzzer. And a funny thing happens, right? 
as fans of the NBA and of these players, we remember the game winners. Like we rem there's mixtapes of Damian Lillard's uh, game winners that you can watch and he's hitting shot after shot after shot after shot. What they don't show is the misses. And as fans, we kind of forget the misses and what you realize as a player, if you really, um, it, it's sort of like, there's a, an analogy, like if you are afraid of getting punched in the face, all you need to do is get punched in the face and you realize that you're not made of glass. You won't break, most likely you'll be okay. And you might have a bruise, you might get bloodied up, um, but at the end of the day, you'll go home, the pain will fade, scars will heal, and uh, you'll be okay. And the same goes for pressure situations. If you're afraid to fail and you fail, what you'll find is that the consequences of failing are actually not so bad. And so along those lines, I'd like to give you a really simple exercise. And we go uh, deeper into this exercise. A few of our members may uh, recognize this as um, kind of a very, very simplified version of the false fears exercise in week two of Deep Game, um, where we go deeper into this. But as a really simple exercise, whatever situation that um, you are feeling pressure around, whether it's missing a game-winning shot, whether it's not playing well in an upcoming game, whether it's uh, asking the pretty girl out who you've been shy, too shy to ask out, whether it is not doing well on a test that you're nervous about, any, any situation that you're feeling pressure around, you can uh, take out a journal, okay, and it's really helpful to write this down. Don't just think about it because when you write it down, it'll click that much deeper for you. But write down, actually, what are the consequences of um, what it, fill in the blank, whatever the situation is that you're so afraid of. Let's uh, continue using the analogy of, um, or the situation of a missing a game-winning shot. So in your journal, uh, write down, right at the top, um, what is the worst that could happen realistically? Okay, we're not talking about like a meteor strikes the gym and everybody dies. No, <laughs> like realistically, what are the consequences of missing uh, the game-winning shot or playing poorly in this upcoming game, whatever the case may be? What are the consequences? And write them down. Um, how will you feel after that happens? How will your teammates look at you? How will the people in the stands look at you realistically? Um, maybe they're a little bit upset with you. Okay, can you deal with that? Yeah, you know, that'll fade. Um, can you deal with walking into practice the following day and uh, looking at your teammates kind of embarrassed? Yeah, yeah, you know, you're strong enough. You can handle that. And uh, realistically, what are the consequences? Are those consequences permanent? In all cases, we find that no, they're not. Like every single one of the greatest players in history has missed game-winning shots. Um, I think during that same time frame, 2003 to 2009, LeBron actually, uh, I was surprised to find, was the most uh, clutch player. And his game-winning shot percentage was 34%. Okay, so well under half. Um, of his game winners were made. And that goes to show that like <laughs> nobody is hitting even more than half of their game winners, let alone all of them. And so the prerequisite to becoming a clutch player we find is actually failing, is missing those shots and being okay with it. So write down in your journal, uh, what are the consequences? Write all those down and then ask yourself um, in the journal, once again, write this down. Um, Am I okay with those consequences? And in almost all cases, probably all of them, you'll find that, yeah, you are okay with that. In addition to that, and this is the critical point, what I'd like you to write down underneath that is what are the benefits to failing? What are the benefits to failing? And uh, 
this answer, I don't want to give it all away, but it may surprise you, the benefits that you come up with. And uh, there really are just about as many <laughs> benefits to, let's say, missing a game winner or playing poorly in the game that you're so nervous about. Um, you know, any high pressure situation, there are just as many benefits as there are consequences. And what you may find is that those benefits are actually deeper than the consequences. So one benefit, for example, is the uh, uprising of motivation that you feel after missing a game-winning shot, um, not playing well. I like think back right now to Kobe Bryant's rookie season when he airballed four, uh, four clutch shots in a row, four high-pressure shots in a row against the Utah Jazz, airballed them in the playoffs to end the Lakers' season, okay? Again, th this is like 17, 18-year-old Kobe Bryant airballing the four most important shots of his life so far in front of national television audience against a really, really high-level team in the Utah Jazz back then. So after that, uh, you know, <laughs> what most players would consider to be a catastrophe, Kobe flies home, immediately goes to, a, goes to the gym locally and shoots all day long. And what he said was like that uprising of motivation was critical to his success as a basketball player moving forwards in his career and it really lit the fire the fire was already lit if we know kobe um but th that failing on a national stage was critical to overcoming that fear of failure and to giving him that push that he needed to say that will not happen again um at least not in that way so Write down what are the benefits to whatever you are so afraid of going wrong. What are the benefits to having that go wrong? And uh, once you're finished on your in this page in your journal, you will have a really holistic view of the situation. You'll have a complete perspective of all, all, all of the things that could go wrong and then all of the things that you will um, benefit from for having experienced those things going wrong. And after that, most likely you will find that the pressure has dissolved in a big way and any pressure that's still there will not affect you in the same way. Its hooks won't be so deep. And um, I'll leave you with one final analogy because, uh, or one final example, because the player actually asked about things outside of basketball. And we find that this approach, this perspective, um, that can be applied to any pressure situation. And so I have this friend when we were younger uh, you know, in our early 20s, late teens. I have this friend who was so shameless about striking out with girls. If we were um, out at a party or whatever, he would not be, at least he didn't look like he was at all afraid to strike out. And so he'd constantly be hitting on like all the girls that would come by to the point where it was just funny to him. It was fun. And the girls more often than not would kind of um, they would laugh. They would find it uh, kind of hilarious that he was like so shameless and so unafraid to strike out with them. And every single party, <laughs> every single party, he would strike out with almost everybody, but every single party, <laughs> and I literally mean like almost all of them, he would meet a girl by the end of the night. And it was because he was so unafraid to strike out that he would eventually find somebody. And, um, you know, this goes to show that like simply being okay with the consequences of whatever you are so afraid of really dissolves the fear 
of those consequences. And so you are, um, <laughs> the pressure is off in a sense, the same way that Damian Lillard said, give me the ball after he'd missed two game winners in a row. He still was like <laughs> going into that huddle saying, no, give me the ball. I don't care. I don't care. Give me the ball. And that is why he has become the clutch player that we all know today. So if you are um, looking to handle pressure more gracefully, handle pressure with more strength, more stability, and become the go-to clutch player on your team, this really is that one secret that will do it for you, is being okay with failing, actually. And that exercise will really help you to do that. All right, so I hope this helped you out, and I will see you in the next one. Hey, it's Coach Taylor. I hope you enjoyed today's talk. And if you did, the best thing to do right now while it's fresh in your mind is go to deepgame.com or click the link in the description and it'll take you to our free Deep Game Masterclass where you'll actually learn the entire Deep Game of basketball with all eight laws and all of the fundamentals that you need to know as a high-level basketball player. We've had players call this the best hour of basketball learning of their lives and it's completely free. So go to deepgame.com right now or just click the link in the description and I can't wait to see you there.